Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Another strange old week begins and the times they are a changing. Ireland's hairdressers are open, Sonia, and here in the UK they are talking about cautious hugging coming back on May 17th. All my hugs are always cautious. <laughs> That's just how I give <laughs> hugs. Uh, with our routine starting to shift around a little bit, Irish athletics legend, your coach and mine, Sonia Sullivan, is here. Well, she's in Utah this time, our third American state, Sonia, that we're talking to you in. You've had a, a really busy week uh, and I thought that you, we together we thought that it would be a good idea to take a closer look at supplements, nutrition and kind of adjusting your eating schedule and diet to the changes that are taking place around you. Is that, have I got the idea correct there? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's, I suppose I'm changing, but then also the seasons are changing. And I suppose with everything opening up, people are going to be changing. Their lifestyle is going to be changing from what it's been the past few months. And, you know, we can get ourselves stuck into this regimented routine of, you know, what we do and what we eat and our exercise level, you know, everything kind of falls into place. But then all of a sudden things are going to change and you're going to have options. Yes. And you have to weigh up those options. You know, do you just go with the flow or do you bring your restricted, you know, diet or, you know, going to bedtime or whatever it is that has allowed you to, you know, exercise as best you can and feel really good the past few mm, months mm. do you bring that with you or do you throw it all away because you know it's free for all now exactly so. exactly i i got a the the compliment that i got uh, the other week was from my cousin who said you're the only person i know that's managed to lose weight in lockdown and i doubt that i'll be the only person listening to this now our listeners must feel the same way that there's a tiny tiny bit of fear that you got your regime so controlled and measured in lockdown that you're scared of losing that as things open up. Well, you are listening to an Irishman running abroad with me, Jarrett Regan and Irish athletics legend Sonia Sullivan. This is our running and wellness podcast from the Irishman Abroad Podcast Network to hear all four of our weekly episodes and the full back catalogue of interviews that I've done over the last eight years. And to support the creation of this show, come on over and join us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Our chosen charity partner as always is jigsaw.ie the charity that i've committed to running 2000 kilometers for this year 
all that came to a crashing halt on April 13th when I sustained a stress fracture in my left leg. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. We'll also have our email of the week. We'll get to an update on what our next event might be. We'll talk about the darkness into light event over the weekend. We'll have Sonia's tip of the week and, of course, our shout outs to our listeners. But first, Sonia. How has the high altitude high uh, dissipated at all? And first of all, explain to the listeners what the high altitude high is. Oh, wow. I, I'm just looking I out the window here and it's snowing. Oh my <laughs> You're distracting me. <laughs> the snow is distracting me. I was like looking and thinking, is that really snow? Oh, my God. <laughs> I had the image that you were up in and it was lovely and hot from the photos that I was seeing on Instagram and Strava. It is lovely and hot when the sun is shining and it was actually even yesterday morning it was it gets very cold overnight still um, right. it was less than one degree overnight last night or the night before what was that Saturday night and even more again last night but the difference was Sunday morning it was full sun at seven eight nine in the morning and it was one degree <laughs> but because the, because the sun was out and you're up high you're closer to the sun so you don't feel the cold once you start running. You know, running is, you know, one of those things once you get going, you warm up. So you have to, you know, I suppose you have to trust yourself not to wear too much clothes just because it says it's one degree outside there. Um, but yeah, up at altitude, it's um, we're at about 2100 meters here, I think. So there's a lot less oxygen in the air. But strangely, I haven't noticed it that much. It's been OK. Um, now, I've had um, my running coach train with Trevor um, guide me this past week. And as much as I've done this before, you know, when I've trained at a high level, he's actually guided me very cautiously with my running this week. So I've had lots of easy running days and but I've been able to supplement it in the gym. So it's not like I feel like I'm sitting around doing nothing, waiting to get out and run. And th- so I think that's helped a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what's coming this week. Um, now, now that I've acclimatized and uh, ready to do a little bit more running. Um, it was funny, I was at the track on Saturday. The girls were doing a long session and um, I had to, we were, I was starting the watch and then I had to run over to the 200 meter mark diagonally across the track. It was take me nearly as long to get there as it was for them. So I had to sprint across the track. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a workout in itself for me. And that's what it does when there's less oxygen here it can kind of take your breath away and it allows you to run faster but then when you stop you're like huffing and puffing like you shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) and what does a long session look like for them if you if you don't mind me asking because i'm i feel like a lot of people are just curious as to what the hell is going on up there they're training for the the trials is that correct well, some of the girls, well, one of, Jessica Hull is training here and she's already selected on the Australian Olympic team. And she's either going to run the 5,000 or the 1,500. But she's the best middle distance runner in Australia. So she has a choice because you can't run both events at the Olympic this year. And then, yeah, then there was one of the girl who will try and um, Shannon Robbery. She'll be trying for the Olympic trials here. So... Yeah, I mean, a long session is just a bog standard, you know, eight times 1,000 meters. I mean, we would probably do as, you know, fun runners and joggers, and we would probably do five or six times 1,000 meters. But eight times 1,000 meters at altitude at a pretty decent pace. 
it's it's not an easy session, <laughs> but but it's just kind of the bread and butter that you do. And, you know, athletes do this throughout the year. And oftentimes if I'm coaching people and telling them what to do, yourself included, you feel that you have to vary it up a bit and change the sessions. But you don't really. You can do the same sessions week in, week out and get, you know, benefit from it because you improve every week and you can see your improvement. And that's a bit like what we were talking about before. You get into this routine and so you know what to expect and your body is ready for it. Yes, yes. Um, that's why you do have to vary it up a little bit. And, you know, I think with people who are, you know, the general public who are, you know, fun running and out there for fitness and health, it's nice to have variety and something different to look forward to. And then you go back to your standard, you know, kilometer repeats or, you know, three minute efforts um, every few weeks. And you just kind of top up the endurance levels. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's I'm still uh, going through a bit of a I guess I'm having a reflection period during this layoff. It is allowing me to think a lot clearer about what we're recording here each week and uh, kind of pull back the lens on what I was doing and what running means. Uh, the nutrition side of it is an, is so like it was something that kind of you said will fall into place when you are training properly. I hadn't expected that and I feel like that might be the worst jumping off point for our discussion on these building blocks of your nutrition, the, the, the mainstays or pillars that you'll try and get in place even when the world is shifting or changing and you are changing location. When I was running, <laughs> I, I, I will stop referring to it in the past tense, like I like a, the athlete in me died on April 13th. But when I was running, it did feel like my body was demanding certain things. Like, is that something that you would say to people when they're experiencing this kind of change to just remember what their body is looking for in terms of fuel? Well, I think when things change and for you particularly when you're injured it's it's a time to think about okay what do i need to eat here now that's going to help me to recover and what what nutrients do, do i need here and so you know if it's a bone injury then automatically you think calcium vitamin d and that could be a thing you know going through the winter and the lack of sunshine and and for people not being outside so much there's a lack of vitamin d and vitamin d is very important I didn't realize this so much even until recently. And I was up in Seattle with Sophie and she was telling me, you know, in the wintertime up there, the sun hardly comes out. So uh, they, they actually get a vitamin D blood test to check if they need to supplement with vitamin D, because then that can weaken your bones, which isn't good for runners. Wow. I had no yeah. idea. And I actually we'd all pictured Sleepless in Seattle and the reference to <laughs> the know. rain uh, and how Irish people watched that movie going, sure, that's not rain at all. But that's really interesting. I don't think I I do take I've been taking a couple of a couple of tablets containing vitamin D. And that would be my question on this. Are you better off to take a specific vitamin D or a multivitamin? Um, I think when you're specifically focusing on bone health, then you have to go with a specific vitamin D. And 
and calcium. Right. And, okay. and I think you hit it hard for, you know, for the few weeks that you're injured. Hmm. And you really, and so I think by doing that, you believe when you take this calcium that you're actually healing yourself. And now I'm sure there'll be listeners out there and they'll be saying, well, you know, you can get that from food and you can. And, and I know you can. And I, I generally have a good diet. But before we started here this morning, I um, this morning for me, I was thinking about the vitamins that I take every day. And so I do this, you know, without thinking about it every morning. And I take seven vitamins, <laughs> but they're not seven. And I don't like taking tablets, but it becomes part of the routine. Now, some of this is when I was leaving Australia, I opened the cupboard and whatever vitamin jars were in there that still had some in there, I thought, I better bring these. Because <laughs> they'll be expired when I come back. <laughs> Can't waste these vitamins, right. So did you bring the, because, you brought the entire tubs or did you stick them in little bags themselves? Oh, no, no, I brought all the jars. So I stuffed them into the side of my suitcase. You know, as a, when it was all zipped up, I was stuffing them all in there. So yeah. I had no idea what was going to come out when I opened the suitcase. <laughs> but you see, I think when I was in Australia, I was much busier doing normal house stuff, you know, because, you know, Nick was there when he was there. You know, when you're away, when you're away from home, you have more time. And so I'm I've been a lot more, what would you say, um, disciplined with everything here because that's the only thing I have to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I fully know. You know yeah, when, when I'm on no tour, uh, the same kind of way. My life is much more like, well, these are my routines because these are nearly the comforts that you're clinging to. Yeah, and it's kind of what I suppose you you do that every day. So it's it just it follows on to what you do and it becomes part of your daily life. And so I have the ones that I brought that I wasn't so regular with taking in Australia. I take them every now and then was zinc and B12. And the zinc, I, I, I got onto that last year first when this um, COVID came out and everybody was saying, oh, you had to boost your immune system. And, and I already have the echinacea and the golden seal and the lemon juice every morning. The golden, <laughs> sorry, you threw in the golden seal there. That's not one I've heard of. <laughs> this isn't an extract from seal. <laughs> no, this isn't like some Harry Potter <laughs> show. Where yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's some kind of a root that, you know, again, it helps to boost the immune system. And um, yeah, it's one of these things that when I did a big long cycle a few years ago, it was, oh, I'm trying to remember how much it was. It was over, it was 200 and something kilometers over a lot of hills in in the mountains, in the Alps, the Australian Alps. And um, afterwards, Gerard Hartman in Limerick, he told me, you need to boost your immune system now. And ever since then, I've been on this echinacea and golden seal wherever I go. And I changed the different brands because you can get used to taking the same things and maybe it doesn't work. Mm. And who knows if it works, but I believe it does. So by doing that, I haven't been sick. Wow. Since. Okay. And the only time I've been sick is if I have stopped taking this. And I don't know if that's a mental thing or what, but it, it just seems to kind of give me a little bit of a barrier against, okay. you know, any any illnesses. And I was really diligent about it the past year because I really didn't want to get sick or to have any effects because even if you get any kind of sickness now, you know, you have to be a bit worried about it or concerned and get it checked out. Whereas normally I would push through all these things 
and get on with it. And then the one, the last one that I added in this year was curcumin, which is an anti-inflammatory um, for your for your joints. And I, I think that's pretty good. Okay, it's, curcumin. Um, How are we spelling that? Yeah. So it's C U R C U M I N. Okay. Because I wanted <laughs> yeah. to throw so I wanted to throw a couple at you. So curcumin can be easily gotten. It's on Amazon and everywhere. And yeah, so this is a, it's a kind of a, a thing, it's turmeric is the base of it. Right. But whatever the curcumin formulation is, it's supposedly easier absorbed and it helps. It says to relieve mild joint pain and inflammation. So I always think with things like this, if you, if you keep taking them, if you just take them every now and then, they're not so good. But if you keep taking it, then there must be some transformation within you. Hmm. that it helps with your joint health. And I think turmeric is really good for inflammation in the body in general. And it's just to find the right formulation that works for you. Okay, well, let me throw a, a couple of supplements at you and you tell me what you think about these and whether they're witch doctory silliness or whether, yeah, no, no harm in giving that a go. Athletic Greens is one that keeps coming up that I keep hearing about this kind of green pouch containing all sorts of good stuff. They sell it by saying they've pressed kind of a comprehensive supplement with 75 vitamins and minerals and whole food sourced ingredients and kind of ground it down into this green powder. A few people have mentioned this product to me. Are you aware of it? It's kind of drunk. I think you mix it with water then and it comes into this kind of green algae looking gross stuff like you're drinking from a pond and People adore it. No, I haven't come across this. I'm For some reason, I've always been anti-green things. <laughs> <laughs> I love green. Green is one of my favorite colors. But I love, you see, I really like salads and leaves. So I always think I get, I always make sure I get my greens like that every day. Mm. So then I don't feel like I need to have the supplement greens. Okay. And you want to see, you want to see the size of, like if you go to a supermarket here and you try and buy you know, a bag of salad leaves or spinach. It's like a, it's huge tub of it. <laughs> yeah, like I never really understand that here. There's a little tiny bag of uh, of uh, spinach here costing you, you know, three quid or four quid when they could easily just stuff the bag with more. In the States, I didn't expect the even the healthy stuff to be extra large. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So it, so that's really good, especially spinach, you know, because it just, especially if you cook it, it just shrivels down to nothing. But maybe it's time, it's, you know, it's spring, well, it's nearly beyond springtime at this stage in Ireland and England. And people, you can easily grow spinach and rock it. They're very simple to grow and it's quite a nice thing to do over the summer months to have your own little patch of, you know, salad greens out the back and I mean, and I had some of them. I, I would, lo I would love to do it, but Pick I know that everybody's. It's so funny that everybody is uh, talks about the time involved in these things, and that a lot of people are struggling to find the time to run. And now, Sonia, you're suggesting that they start a vegetable patch in their back garden <laughs> to supplement their running. I mean, I get grief for the amount of time that I spend exercising. If the next thing is now he wants to start a, a fucking tunnel out the back garden. <laughs> 
to start. You don't growing. have to go. <laughs> you see, you're you're thinking of like running a marathon there by building a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, we're only asking you to grow a five k. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I don't need that much. Pot. We talked about magnesium before, and this is uh, again relates to my injury. And we should do the little update in a little bit. I don't want to. I don't want to bore people with the injury, but you know what? It's such a big part of my journey now, and I feel like the amount of emails that I've received on this, Sonia, that, uh, you know, it's as interesting as, you know, successfully improving my times and coming to running as a brand newbie, that injury is part of all of this. And like I say, we will talk about it a bit more, but magnesium is something that's come up a few times on the show. I mentioned to you that I was still experiencing pain around the area that the stress fracture is meant to be. And last night I went, well, there's this bag of bath salts, load of magnesium in it. Maybe I'll just lash that in scalding hot and jump into the bath and see if that does anything. Lo and behold, this morning, no pain. (laughs) Maybe it's a placebo effect, but it's the first day in weeks that I haven't had the lingering dull ache where the stress fracture is meant to be. What do you make of that? And am I imagining, uh, am I attributing miracle qualities to these bath salts when probably it's just starting to heal? Well, it could be a bit of both, you know, and and that's the thing when you have an injury, you think about it all the time and then you're always looking for something that you could do or something you could take or use to help it to get better. So because you're constantly trying to do something or to take something or to rest a little bit or little exercises, they all add up eventually, but they take time. You know, they don't all work overnight, but eventually you might have a toolbox of 10 different things that you do. And if you do them all consistently, then eventually they're all going to come together and help you to heal. And you start to notice that, oh, wow, I'm starting to feel a bit better today. And it's such an annoying thing to, you know, you wake up in the morning, and you think, can I feel anything? Can I feel anything? And, you know, to not feel anything, it gives you such a, a boost. You know, you kind of think, oh, wow, maybe I'm getting better. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. And that's when it's really important not to try and test your injury and, you know, try and, oh, will I run up the stairs or will I run across the road? I always remember when I was in college in America at Villanova and you know, if I had a stress fracture and it was getting after four or five weeks and you'd be crossing the road and it was always a big thing to, to run across the road. You know, if there was a car coming, well, I'd have to run across the road. <laughs> and so you were kind of testing the injury, but you were also in this predicament of well, I'm going to get hit by a car or, <laughs> yeah. temp- or I'm going to make my injury worse. <laughs> the, the temptation is real. I have to say that you know, even when it is a little bit of pain there that you're like, well, maybe it's just something that will go if, you know, I just do a light jog to the post box to post this letter. I don't know. I don't know if if I'm wrecking people's heads with this discussion, but I did post this video on Instagram about that sense of your fitness going off a cliff. A few people got in touch around this. One, Neil Fusco, who we've talked about before on the show, who's currently 
rehabbing a knee injury, shout out to Neil, said that your fitness actually you need to get that out of your head in terms of this. He said it won't dip as mad as bad as you think and that some of it is actually just blood volume. Now, what does he mean by that? And is he correct on that idea that your fitness won't fall off a cliff completely if you pick up a knock and have to take a couple of weeks downtime? Well, I think you have to maintain some level of fitness and you have to kind of go away from the thing that, well, running is the only training that I do. And, you know, that's where we've been trying to bring in the bike. But then, you know, if you're feeling a little bit of pain, then you have to stop and you have to be patient. And that's where you have to really, you know, use these little exercises to strengthen your ankles and your feet and even upper body exercises, like anything you can do to isolate where your pain is, you exercise everything else and you use the time that you would normally be running to do that when you can't cycle or you can't do alternative activities. And I think just by allowing your mind and your body to go into that kind of hour away from everything. So you put your phone away, you go, you know, you might go in your garage or now if it's getting a bit warmer outside, you could go outside to the park and you just have, you know, a list of exercises that you're going to get through so that when you walk away from it, you feel like you've actually done something. It's not any kind of heart rate, you know, you're not no high heart rate activity, but it's still specific enough that you feel like you're getting some benefit somewhere. And it's things that you normally don't have time for. So by doing that, you're doing exercises and they don't give you the same endorphins as a run will ever give you. And that's the thing that's maybe the endorphins kind of they can lift any load off your shoulders or Mm, you know any kind of bluesy feeling any kind of like negative thoughts that you're having if you go for a run and sometimes even a hard bike ride you can come back you know feeling great and so maybe that's the kind of weight that he's talking about that you can get weighed down because you're not getting that release of you know tension every day that you're used to and so you just have to find other ways of doing that And then eventually it'll be the build back up again. And you'll be amazed at how you'll appreciate even just five minutes of running when, you know, when we start you back up again. Very excited about it. Very excited about it. I mean, even though I did start to feel the other day like it just wasn't going to happen. And I'm sure that there's people listening who have had that. I want to give a shout out to Ikuko Wright, who got in touch uh, with his own experience of this. Massively helpful. Uh, Winona Grant, who also ran a 12 hour run for Jigsaw in December. Massive achievement, Winona, who similarly got in touch with some great words of hope for me. Sophie Zoller, uh, who is currently struggling with an injury herself, but on the comeback trail, loves the podcast and sent us a lovely message there on Instagram. Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. Before we leave the supplements and diet stuff, is there anything in particular, Sonia, that you'd love the listeners to know about this week? Well, I think one thing that we need to think about is before you go out for a run, like 
don't always rush out the door. You know, it's beautiful outside. The sun is shining. Lace up the shoes and run. I think if you have any specific warm up exercises that you need to do, like little things to waken your muscles, whether it's the big muscles, the hamstrings or for me, it's all around the foot muscles. And I have this little thoroughbend exercise thing that I do. And, you know, I can tend to do it every now and then. But I've noticed recently if I do it every day before I go for a run and every night before I go to bed, I actually feel a lot better. So I think with everything, if there's something, anything at all that helps you to feel better in your run, don't forget it. Like, you know, just make a note of it and try and include it as much as you can, because the more that you can include these little exercises that warm the muscles up before you go out there and really, you know, you know, running is it's a high impact activity. And, you know, every time you go out there, you're putting a lot of weight through every step that you take. So the more prepared you can be before you go out there, the better your run will be. And, you know, we've all experienced a great run because we've warmed up well beforehand. And we've, we've also experienced this kind of like, oh, it took me forever to warm up today because we had to rush out the door. So maybe shorten your run by five or 10 minutes if it means getting the warm up in properly before you go. Okay. Well, I saw you uh, cooking up some oats there uh, on Instagram. Was that one of the things that you do when you get to somewhere or if things are changing for you, that you have a kind of a morning routine that you specifically tent pole everything else around? Well, I I suppose in the morning I always have, before I go out for a run, I always have a cup of coffee. Well, I have my lemon juice and my vitamins and lemon juice with hot water. Then I have the coffee and I have a like a, a little bowl with some dried muesli in it. So when you go somewhere new, I'm always looking for some nice muesli and it's very hard to choose. There's so many out there now and so many of them have so much sugar in them. And I had I found a nice one actually in Portland. It was really good. And then I was going to buy a packet and bring it with me and I didn't. And then I came here and I had to buy another. I didn't buy one here because I thought, no, I can't see that specific one that I like. So I'm just going to make my own because I know that's good. And I had time and, you know, it gave me something to do. So um, I went. It was funny. I went to the supermarket the first night I got here and um, I arrived and first of all, I went out for a walk around and then I came back and, I, and Park City is it's a lovely city. It's like a movie set. It's unbelievable. And I think I've heard that the Sundance Film Festival comes from here every year. I must, I must look into it more and see. And supposedly all these you know famous actors come here when, when that's on. But it's amazing. It's, it's just really pretty. So it's nice to look around. Then I came back and it was getting late because we were already lost an hour from Oregon. And I thought, oh, I better go to the supermarket and get something. And when you first go to a supermarket in a new place, you don't really know where to start. Like, what am I going to buy here? What do I need? You know, you're in this empty apartment with no food. So you don't even have any spices or anything to cook with. So I went and I bought some. I thought, right, I'll, I'll make this muesli. So I bought the oats and the honey and the coconut oil. And then when I came back, I realized I'd forgotten the cinnamon. So I'd have to go again the next day. And that's typical. You know, you buy a, a basket of stuff because you don't want to be in the supermarket too long. And then you come back and you realize I've got to go again tomorrow. But the funny thing, when I came out of the supermarket that night and I was sitting in the car in the car park and 
it was dark and um, my first night in a new city. So I was trying to, and it was my first night driving in America. So I had to reacquaint myself with driving on the wrong side of the road. And so I was trying to plug my phone into the car so that I could get the maps to come up on the screen. And I was only a mile away from where I was staying, but it was dark and I wanted to be sure I got back. And so while I was fiddling around with the phone and the maps, and next thing, and somebody opened the door of the car. What? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what the? Oh my God. It was like, I couldn't believe it. I screamed, of course. <laughs> Who the hell was it? <laughs> it was somebody. There's a load of these cars that look the same here. <laughs> Silver, <laughs> Nissan, whatever, like kind of Jeep things. Yeah. <laughs> and it was somebody just getting into the wrong car. <laughs> oh my God. So I think they were more scared than me. <laughs> Oh, my God. And now that got my heart right off. I was my heart was racing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My friend Carl Donnelly has a story. Shout out to Carl Donnelly and the uh, two vegans podcast that he does. He said a story signing, which is pretty much exactly what happened to you, except he was the person getting into the car and he sat down into the car and you know started busying himself like as in getting out his phone and uh, putting on his safety belt and he he looked across at the person in the driving seat who was meant to be his friend Dave and just looked at him and the thing he said was where's Dave So, however confused you were, it could have been an awful lot worse if you were the person getting into the car. And with that, (laughs) let's let's jump to our letters. Of course, on the show, we get letters in email format and we have an email of the week. Our email of the week, Sonia, comes from Jessica Dealey, who asks a really good question and one that I, I guess I've been kind of skirting around and... You know, part of me didn't want to bring this up because it's not why I started running, but for a lot of people, it is a consciousness. Uh, Hey, Jarlath, brackets, ledge, uh, and Sonia, brackets, the OG ledge. Uh, Just wondering if Sonia and you have any experience on trying to lose a few pounds while training hard and whether it can increase your chances of injury. I emphasize there the word hard, like five to six days per week running, plus all the extra strength work, etc. I'm not elite, but definitely giving the running lark a good crack. I've heard it said before, but never have I been given a clear cut example that this can increase injury risk beyond the benefit being of being a little bit lighter uh, that can give you. I hope that makes sense. Sort of looking at a risk benefit analysis of losing weight here. What do you make of that, Sonia? It's definitely it's it's a great question because I'm sure it's something that a lot of people think about. The fact, you know, the the running and losing weight anyway. Mm. And, and they forget that there is a bit of a risk with doing that, especially when you try to do it quickly. And so well, I why think is the it a risk, first of all? Like, uh, let me stop you there, because you would think deloading the joints would be good, right? And that's what Jessica is saying as well. That like, surely the lighter you are, the faster you can go. What's the risk exactly? And why? why is it a risk? Well, the risk is that 
you're trying to make yourself lighter so that you can move better and you're a bit more efficient, but you're trying to do more activities while you're still a bit heavier. So you're carrying a greater load and you're trying to do more. So you're putting a lot more pressure on your body when, when you do that. And then, you know, you, if it's more time and effort that you're putting in, and then you're also trying to reduce the amount that you're eating, there's a fine line there and a balance of, you know, pushing it too much in both ways. So you're pushing everything hard, you know, and focusing everything too hard. So you could kind of go over the edge and then lose it because like um, Jessica said, she did get injured by doing this and she wants to know then is there a way, is this always going to happen or is there a way around it? Because running is definitely one of the activities where you can lose a lot of weight, especially initially if you're new to running, you can do it. But then when you get good at running, it can kind of plateau out a bit and it's a bit more difficult then because your body knows running and it's it's able to burn your calories and energy more efficiently when it knows what you're doing. And that's when you have to think about, okay, well now I need to eat a bit less and if you want to lose weight. And I think the key here is to do it in small amounts and not to try and do too much too soon. And like Jessica said, she said, you know, you know, can I bring it am I just looking at a excuse to bring the snacks back in again? Well, there's probably no re- no excuse to bring the snacks back in again because that's like they're not really good energy. You don't need them anyway. That's just comfort food. And so I think there's a point here for having like during the week, you kind of take your training and your diet like work, you know, so Monday to Friday, this is work, you know, I'm going to work hard on this, but I'm going to relax on the weekend and then I'm going to start again on Monday. And I think that's for normal you know, athletes out there, people who are doing this for fun and fitness, that's a great way to start doing things. And I think we talked about this after the Lenten campaign is that when you're good to your body and to your mind for, you know, any number of days in a row, you get used to it. And then you nearly don't want to change on the weekend. And so then it might become just one day during the week that you do this, or it might be uh, an occasion that you look forward to. And, you know, I think, you know, the thing with running and fitness and health is that you need to enjoy it and it has to be fun. You can't be torture because then you're not going to want to do it. So you have to adapt it to your lifestyle. And I think, you know, we all think if we're lighter, we'll be better. But that may not be the case. Maybe if you're stronger, you'll be better and you might not necessarily be lighter on the scales, but your body might be stronger from doing more strength exercises in the gym. And we've talked about this a lot. And things like, well, all the exercises from the running home program is great. You know, the the squats and... um, Yeah, shout out Michelle McLoon for giving me my sessions this week. They really are superb. Uh, We do need to give a shout out to runninghome.ie. Again, Aisling de Maison offered all of our listeners this opportunity to have a month long strength and conditioning program provided by Dara and Michelle and Sonia and I both signed up and you're loving it too. Oh, it's great. I mean, I just like having a list, you know, <laughs> and, you know, having like things to tick off and get through. And it's a bit like when, you know, when I eventually got my act together here, going to the supermarket, 
I worked out that you got to write a list and then you, you know, you go there with purpose. And it's the same thing with the gym. The gym, you can be kind of lolling around the place and stop and look at your phone. And, you know, you can be easily distracted in the gym or whether you're doing the gym at home or outside or actually at a gym now that they're going to start opening back up again. If you have a list of exercises that you've got to get through and you've got some that you've got to time with the clock, then you're going to be much more proactive in what Mm. you're doing and you're going to get so much more out of it. Yeah, Um, 100 percent. I want to say thanks to Jessica Dealey there, our email of the week. She will be receiving the Irishman Abroad pin in the post, the limited edition. It's like the Blue Peter badge of this show. If you flash it going into any venue, you get preferential treatment. And as things opening up, uh, you'll need that. (laughs) All the special people have one. Previous guests of the show and uh, emails of the week, Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the live line is open. If you'd like to send in your voice note to us on WhatsApp, 0044-7543-122-330. That's 0044-7543-122-330. And of course, we'll play out the best ones that we receive. So there's a wider discussion outside of that email. And not to get too dark or serious here, I feel like it does need to be discussed because the healthy relationship with weight and running is something that comes up quite a bit because, as you said, people can turn it into a type of self-flagellation. I believe myself that I've struggled in the past with a certain amount of body dysmorphia, a certain amount of self-hatred and a very poor relationship with food. Poor impulse control is all part of it and part of growing up in a racehorsing household where weight was discussed in my house as long as I can remember. Making weight, the idea of having extra weight as a bad thing. Whereas Tina, on the other hand, with her male upbringing, everybody was trying to gain weight to be a bigger, more strapping man. In Kildare, the, certainly the, the focus was on being light, to be jockey level, super light whippets of things. And all of this culminates in who you end up being and your relationship to these things. You, over the course of your years in athletics, must have seen both ends of that spectrum and every colour in between of athletes that have really struggled with it, have had all sorts of issues around it. Am I right in assuming that? Have you have you seen this and understood how tricky this can be for people? No, yeah. I mean, some people definitely have to work a lot harder on maintaining, you know, a, a weight that is good for running and then also on achieving a, a race weight. And a race weight is not something that athletes would openly discuss. Really? And oftentimes, you know, you get through the winter and Jessica was talking there about trying to lose weight slowly over winter. But winter is one of the most difficult times to try and lose weight because, you're always cold and when you're cold, you have to eat more to warm yourself up mm. and you're wearing more clothes. So you don't realize, you know, what your weight actually is. And spring and summer, it's much easier to lose weight in spring and summer because we're much more outdoors and active and doing stuff that sometimes you can even forget to eat. And, you know, it doesn't, do, you know, you're just busy. Yeah, doing you're just things. on your feet more. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the best way to, I suppose, lose weight is... Uh, you know, to go with the seasons and it just 
you don't need as much energy in the summertime as you do in the wintertime hmm. because you don't need to keep yourself as warm. Yeah. And so you just allow it to happen. And then by doing that, you adapt your lifestyle. And, you know, I think particularly in, in Ireland, I would think it's pretty big. Maybe it's a European thing to have the fixed meal schedule, you know, at certain times of the day. And, you know, sometimes you're not always that hungry in the evening time to have that same big meal that you have most evenings. And sometimes you might need to eat a bit lighter. Mm. And it's a lot easier to do that if you're by yourself than if you're feeding your family. Would you, you have, would you have ever had an alarm bell yourself? Like when you feel like I've gotten too light here, actually, I need to start gaining some weight here. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever been too light. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I only bring it up because, you know, I would be inclined and I, I just know it myself, Sonia, that like I, I've just had windows of time in my life where I am out of control. Like I'm just I'm just not in control of my intake. I mean, you've built a career, a lifestyle, a reputation and an image around this incredible capacity that you have for sticking to the task. And like you say, love and having a list, getting through that and maintaining even when your whole life is up in the air and on planes and hotels. But there's a lot of people like me who have been never able to get on top of it. And some of my bluesy stuff that we talked about last week around the injury was that I really felt for the first time in my life that I was on top of things. Now that I'm injured and for those people that are injured, what advice would you give to them when they're feeling that terror of I'm going to gain back any of the pounds that I've lost over the course of this journey? Well, when you're injured, it's definitely not a time to, especially at the start of an injury, it's not a time to lose weight. And as much as we all panic a little bit that, oh, my God, I'm not doing all the running I was, so I'm going to gain weight. And the temptation is to eat less. You actually need to eat regularly to heal any injuries and to maintain the balance in your diet. Because if you're missing out on nutrients because you're not eating as much, then your body's not going to heal and you have to help your body to heal itself. So I think that's really important to think about that. And that's where, you know, you're at a point where you kind of think, OK, well, what foods can I have that will help this? You know, what what are the new the calcium rich foods? And, you know, I would often go in there and, you know, it could be a calcium thing or sometimes it's iron. People get low energy. So they think, oh, my iron is low. Right. I'm going to look up what's all the good foods for iron. And then you focus on that. So it gives you a bit of purpose to your diet during the week. I'm eating this because it's going to help my injury to get better. It's going to boost my energy because I'm low in iron or I need some extra magnesium because I'm waking up in the middle of the night with cramps in my calf, <laughs> yeah. which I did last night. And I had to jump out of bed really? and put my foot flat on the ground <laughs> to release it. So then you kind of think, oh, am I not drinking enough? Am I missing out on some magnesium or something? And, you know, so it just kind of gives you that little focus of where you're going to go with your diet for mm. the next day and things that you need to be you're reminded of nutrients that you might be missing. And so it's really important to kind of have purpose to what you're eating as well. 
when well, you're trying great, to heal yourself. Great advice. Great advice. I want to move on to our next running event for our Irishman Abroad, uh, Irishman Running Abroad Running Club. If you aren't a member already, uh, if you haven't signed up to strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman Abroad, I really urge you to do so. Simon Egan discovered the beauty of the posts section where the party's at. Everybody's posting their runs and having the crack in there and asking questions that they can't find answers for anywhere else. And if you're lucky, maybe Sonia will be in there and she'll give you a direct reply, which is always a, a cool moment for everyone who's listening. Our last event, I want to shout it out one more time, was a very simple 5k in memory of our fallen friend Gillian Ryan. Now their GoFundMe page that uh, Connor Ryan set up for the Southeastern Mountain Rescue on behalf of Gillian is teetering on the brink of their €25,000 goal. At at time of recording they were at €24,585. So there's still time even if you didn't do it, to pop over there and kick in a couple of euros to take them to that mark. The Southeastern Mountain Rescue are an unbelievable service who returned Gillian to her family. And so many people took part. And I'm sure some of you are going, well, you know, I, I don't have that much. But even a few of you did a fiver that would take it over the mark. You wanted to shout out another event that took place over the weekend, Sonia, the Darkness Into Light event. Yeah, Darkness and Delight is one of the great events and I'm sure you would have loved to take part in this. And we kind of missed it last week, I suppose, because with traveling and everything. And normally I would get involved with Darkness and Delight in Melbourne and running around the Albert Park Lake. And it it was great to follow it all online and see so many people all around the world getting up so early. But there was one group in Melbourne, they were called the Snov Squad. So they were early morning swimmers who combined their early morning swim with some runners to do darkness into light, you know, in the dark, in the freezing cold water in Melbourne uh, last Saturday morning. So I just want to say well done to them and and also well done to so many people all over Ireland for getting out. I, I believe the weather wasn't fantastic in many places, but it's such an important event to so many people and it gives a lot of hope and light into people's lives when they see, you know, so many people coming together at that hour of the morning when, you know, most people are still sleeping, but to get out there in support of people and show hope and light and, you know, that, you know, people are there for each other, I think, is the is the thing for that. And And it was always one of those things that, you know, I used to love getting up early in the morning in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, I, I there wasn't there wasn't much going on out here in America. So if I'm here again next year, I might have to, uh, you know, get myself organised to um, get a darkness into light wherever I am if I if I'm not in one of my usual spots. Yeah, you can check out darknessintolight.ie if you're in Ireland or anywhere in the world to have a look at what it's all about. Uh, it's for Pieta, who was founded in 2006 to establish free and accessible one-to-one counselling to people suffering from suicidal intention, engaging in self-harm and to those affected by suicide, which is basically all of us. So an incredible event. Well done to everybody involved and all those who got out there. Really, some of the photos 
just made me miss home all the more. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get back, but I'll definitely be back at some point in the summer. But we do need to post a new event in our group, Sonia, for May. That was our April event. Have you had any thoughts in terms of towards the end of May, what we might do? May, I think I think you're going to have to give me the week to think about this. Right. Yeah, no, I'll have to have a think about this. Absolutely. And well, we'll look pop around it up in the group. See what we can link in with. But we are definitely going to work on something and we'll have it for next week. Yeah. Um, if people want to we'll submit as well, that's that's another idea. If people want to submit their ideas, like Connor didn't come to us with that idea. That was our idea. But eventually we saw that there was that GoFundMe page and maybe there is something cool that we're missing. If you ping it through to irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com, I'll forward it on to Sonia and we'll have a chin wag and figure out what the best one is for next week. But it'll go up. You'll hear about it first, of course, if you're a member of the Strava Club, strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. Sonia, what does the week have in store for you? This week, I'm here this week. I'm not going. Oh, actually, I'm going on a trip. Um, <laughs> I am going on a trip on Friday. <laughs> Where's that to? It's great. It's great, isn't it, to be able to say you're going on a trip? <laughs> oh, no. It's so, it's just all change here in the UK as well. Is this the track meet that you're going to? Uh, yes, so I'm going to a, a track meet in LA. And it's one of these, it's called the Sound Running Track Meet. And it's a high performance meet where people mainly go there to run fast times. And I get the impression that every race that's on these days is people going there to run fast times. It's a lot different to when I used to compete in these early season races in America where you would just be kind of opening up and waking the body up to, you know, reminding yourself what it was like to race again. But these days people are ready to run really fast. There was another event in LA this weekend where there were some fast races. But next weekend in LA... Yeah, there's a track meet and, you know, there'll be athletes coming to run fast times, but it's will be at a secret location and only the people going to compete and people supporting them will know where it is because they don't want to attract any fans to the stadium yet. Oh, wow. Um, wow. wow. But it, it does get live streamed. So that's always a good thing for everybody at home. And to, is there any reason watch. why it's called a sound? Is it just they only want really decent people who buy their the rounds they want no arsehole runners at this <laughs> they've looked into everybody's know. track record I let you I let them know you said that they're sound <laughs> they're just uh, the soundest it, runners <laughs> I really don't know why that must be it's the name of the company who organises it I'll have to find out are they all sound in there or what <laughs> yeah um, so it's yeah. so much fun to talk to you as always uh, as I said the live line's open and the number's back there if you, we'd love to hear from you we play your questions or stories You can. it's just like the live line with Joe Duffy you can complain about the swans or the local youths in your area we'd love to hear your funny running stories or anything and you know, kind of course win an Irishman running abroad gift bag if yours gets played I am so excited this week to not have pain in this leg and to feel like this thing is at least 
there's some hope in sight. I do want to say a special thanks again to everybody who was in touch about this. Uh, as I say every week, we are not running alone. We are running together across this group. So thank you all uh, for, for listening and for getting in touch. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the amount of choice there is out there in terms of what to watch uh, on Netflix or whatever you stream, you'll probably love our selection box with Kevin Gildee on Thursday. A selection box is where we recommend movies, music, books, everything. Well, this week it's the movies show with Kevin Gilty, and we have a special guest, Michael Fry, the internet sensation, is going to be on the show. We'll have an interview with him. That's on Thursday, and of course, Marion on Friday. And our big interview this Sunday is with the legendary Irish DJ Annie Mack. So don't miss that one, Sonia. Thank you so much, and uh, take care of yourself. Thank you. Great to talk as always. And I look forward to get you back running soon or at least some speed walking. Maybe. We'll get you speed walking. <laughs> Bit of speed you walk. take that Robert Hefferdin in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Brian Connolly does a production. John Marr does the extra research. And Tina and Mikey make it all happen. Stay safe, lads. And we'll talk to you next week.